This week, we will hear from Pastor Heather Lewandowski on A New Normal Will Require Change. Now here is Pastor Heather. What great walk-on music is that, right? (laughs) Well, uh, thank you for joining me this morning. I'm super excited to share. And if you could just pray for my voice. I made it through the first service. And just to let you know, not every sneeze or sniffle or cough is COVID. There are other things out there. And... uh, But God made me through the first service, so he's going to see me through the second service. But I am so excited this morning, and I believe God has a prophetic word for you as an individual, but also for us as a corporate church family. And part of the reason that we gather here on a Sunday morning is to remind ourselves of who God is, what he's done and the promises that he has in store for us. Plus, I got the great assignment from Pastor Bill to preach on Halloween Sunday. So, (laughs) but Halloween for me as a child was not full of trigger-treating or dressing up. The way that we celebrated Halloween, or didn't celebrate, was we would turn off all the lights at our house, we would draw the shades, And my parents would drive us to the nearest Bymart, which was 60 miles away, where my brother and I got to pick out our very own bag of candy. I know. And then on top of that, when it was costume day at school, you know, where all the kids dress up, we could not dress up as anything evil or dark. In fact, I think I have a picture up on the screen of my brother and I. Weren't we adorable? (laughs) We're on the frontier. But there was another picture that my mom couldn't find. And because one year my mom took it to the next level and she dressed my brother up as a Bible character. And so amongst all these Frankensteins and witches and zombie, here was my brother in my mom's bathrobe with a huge pillow in the front and this ratty bath towel over his head. And there was a handwritten note, uh, a sign that said, Jehoshaphat, (laughs) King of Judah. I know, I know. We were definitely bringing light into darkness. That's my mom right there. Good job, mom. (laughs) And not to shame her anymore, but first, fast forward. Fast forward, it's amazing what happens to your parents when they become grandparents. They become totally different people. So fast forward, when my kids are, you know, about that age, and so I take them over to my mom and dad's house around Halloween time, and my mom has her yard decorated in spider webs and fake rats. And then when I drop them off, she lets them watch Scooby-Doo which I was never allowed to watch Scooby-Doo because there was ghosts in it, even though they were fake. But I like what the Apostle Paul says. He says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is edifying. Now, you see, growing up in the context of my childhood, Halloween was really dark. I don't know if you remember, but... 
people were putting razor blades and candy, and we would have to take our bags of candy, which I didn't trick or treat, but my friends would, um, and they would have to take it through the x-ray machine at the hospital to check for those razor blades. And also, it had just taken on a really demonic tone. And my parents, as spiritual leaders in their community, took a posture as it was better not to celebrate than participate. And although they explained this to us as children, I still didn't get it. I still feel a little bit robbed of my rights of childhood. So now I could buy my own bags of candy and I'm making up for lost time. But you know, I look back and I fully understand and I respect their choice and I'm grateful for them as parents. Well, yesterday we had a trunk or treat outreach, which Pastor Chip was alluding to. And instead of closing our doors and hunkering down with all your donated bags of candy, we opened up our campus to our community and we pierced the darkness and created a space of safety, fun, not to celebrate Halloween, but to flip the script to touch people with the love and joy of Jesus. And I pray, I don't just pray, I know that seeds were sown and that generations were changed because you know what? When people came on this campus, they know that when they come into a crisis or they wanna know where they could find hope and truth, this is where they are going to find that and this is where they're gonna come. So how things have changed and yet we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, amen? Amen. And so now we're in week three of our series, A New Normal from the book of Joshua. And as we move into what God has for us next, it's going to require some things from us. And Pastor Bill was talking these past few weeks, it's gonna require courage and boldness. It's gonna require consecration and being set apart. And today, a new normal of what God has next for us is going to require change. And this passage of Joshua reveals and gives insight to this situation of how can we embrace change and the next thing that God wants to do here. And I believe that we are living in exciting times of biblical and historical proportion, that this isn't a time for sitting back and watching what's gonna happen, but this is time for us as a church and the people of God to move forward into the promised land that he has for us. And I love the visual from the... uh, Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there's this, there's this picture of an eternal winter where spring never comes. And then there's this moment where it says Aslan is on the move and the season starts to change and the Lion of Judah is coming, amen? And we need to be ready for when that lion arrives. And Joshua is a powerful narrative of the seismic shift of leadership and transition. Here we have Moses, the prince of Egypt, the delivery guy of the Ten Commandments, the one who took the slaves out of Egypt and moved them across the Red Sea, 
who rescued God's people out of slavery, the author of the Torah, the Pentateuch, the law, the first five books of the Bible. He's dead. That's my Halloween message. Um, (laughs) But there is no sequel to Moses. There is no movie Moses Returns. The franchise Moses is over. And now we have Joshua, who is no Moses, who God has chosen, though, to move the story along and bring his people into the promised land. Moses was a proven winner. We knew what he could do. But Joshua was still working on his leadership chops. But the more that you study history and read biographies and the word of God, you learn that change is the agent that reveals the reality that we serve an immutable God, which by definition means that he's unchanging in character, in will, and in covenant promise. You see, Moses was merely the conduit, but God was the conductor. Sometimes we get those mixed up. So when Moses was gone, God still was present in the situation. He just chose a different vessel to work through, which in this case was Joshua. You see, change is the agent or the activator that causes us to be transformed and conformed into the image of God. It pushes us to grow. It pushes us to get out of our comfort zone. And how many of you guys this morning are glad that God isn't done with us yet? Amen? There's still more to do. God doesn't change, but he uses change to change us. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't change, but he uses change to change us. And one of the best ways to get kicked out of your comfort zone and way of thinking is to travel. And I'm such a proponent of going on missions trips and and seeing other places and being around different cultures and tribes and languages because this is not all, this is not representative of what the world looks like. This is just a part. And we live in a world of vicarious living to where on my TV, I have a little screen savior, I can see the landscape of the earth all over from from the comfort of my TV. But life is not meant to be a comfortable hobbit hole. J.R.R. Tolkien said it best, home is behind, but the world is ahead. And Paul and I have had the privilege to travel through many parts of the world. And our first missions trip that we did together, we took a, a group of leaders and teenagers to Mazatlan, Mexico. And for Paul, it was exciting. He's kind of more of an adventurous guy. And he loves the smells, the food, the people, and every part in between. And to him, different was exciting. In fact, we were on the trip, and he's like, Heather, I feel, I feel God might want us to move here. And <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. But we are married, and we had to be in agreement, so I had to pray a lot. And I said, and obviously my prayers worked. So, <laughs> but me, on the other hand, I had, I had to force myself 
to embrace all these new surroundings. I had paranoia about jellyfish and, and dirty water and street food. And there's these crazy, ugly, mangy dogs that are all over the streets and, and the vulnerability of not being able to communicate. My fear, or what I like to call my caution, kept me from truly experiencing the beauty and the wonder and the work that God was doing. And after the first couple of days, that wore off. And I no longer was worried about all those silly things, but I learned to embrace this new way of life. All of a sudden, I realized that my surroundings hadn't changed, but that they had changed me. Now let's fast forward to another trip to Mexico, and this time it was for pleasure. We didn't have to watch all these teenagers. One of them got a tattoo on our watch on that trip, and we got into big trouble on that, but. <laughs> but we had, we had an option on our little excursion uh, to do an ATV uh, out on the beach or to go to the spa. So Paul chose the ATV, and of course, being the awesome wife that I am, I decided to experience the ATV with him. So they loaded us up onto these passenger vans and drove us out into the middle of the desert. They lined us up after we got off, and they handed us a bandana. And it was to cover our nose and our mouth to keep the, the dust out. There was no pads, no helmet. And then they proceeded to walk us to these ATVs. Now, this is the caveat. I have never been on an ATV in my life. And so they proceeded to give us a crash course, no pun intended, on, um, on how to drive these ATVs. And I was thinking, what in the world am I doing? But I couldn't be left behind in the middle of this Mexican desert by myself. So I mustered up the courage and I just went for it. I had no idea what I was doing. And there were several times, and it was really close, that I almost rolled the ATV and I almost crashed. In fact, we had to go through these tunnels where you'd literally have to go like this, otherwise your head would be chopped off. <laughs> but when we got to the beach, it was absolutely gorgeous. And of course, everybody was riding on the sand. And I was just sitting there and I could not wait to get back to the van to get back to the safety of the hotel. And I was so sore after that experience, and it wasn't from the, the jarring ride, but it was because every single muscle and part of my body was tense with anxiety. And in fact, after that, I, uh, it caused me to have PTSD to where um, I would have panic attacks when driving to where I'd be driving and I would just have thoughts of, of veering off the road. And it lasted several years. And I think this morning we've all have been in situations where we feel inadequate, we feel unprepared and stretched beyond our comfort zone and also uncertain of the outcome. And sometimes they're of our own choosing. I should have chosen the spa next time. But sometimes there are things that are way out of our control. Or we have a thing, it's, it's called what's called change fatigue. And I think that's where a lot of us are in, where there's so much that has happened that we don't think we could handle one more thing. 
And we're in this relentless cycle of change. It seems like just when we have things mastered, we have mandates or we have testing or we have this is what we should do now, a good system in place that our rhythm is disrupted and we're left to figure it out all over again. And I don't need, I don't need to talk about what this past year has caused all of us to life as we know it. But on top of that, there's been regular life. There's been babies born. There's been marriages. There's been deaths. There's been broken relationships or just change, a new way of working. In fact, this they're calling this year is the great resignation or the great reshuffle where people are changing their careers. They're retiring and the whole workforce has been upended. Whatever it is, Like it or not, in the 40 plus years that I've lived, the only constant is change. And in fact, these past two years for me, I've been through a lot of change and I've shared this with with you. I've experienced betrayal. I've experienced divorce within my immediate family, deaths, a job change, a house change, my mom's living with us and her two dogs and health challenges. And then on top of that, I have two teenagers, which is basically change on caffeine. (laughs) And you know, we as a church have been through a lot of change, right? In its almost century-long tenure, there has been a lot of change. And Pastor Bill was alluding to this last week, but I don't believe that we would be standing here if it wasn't for change. I've driven by the old site of Portland Christian Center out in Southeast Portland, and the building couldn't hold our congregation, let alone the parking. And I'm sure moving to this new location had major challenges and challengers, but it took courage, vision, and God's blessing. And here we are today, amen? And then a couple of years ago, we crossed another milestone We got debt free. And as a church, it lifted a huge weight and it freed us up to do missions and to move the mission forward. And then when COVID hit, there were some churches and places that had to shut down and having to slow down, but we were able to move forward during that time. But now this morning, we are faced with another hurdle. What? does God have for us next? What does our new normal look like? And I wanna encourage you this morning that you are not here by happenstance, but that God has strategically placed each one of you here for such a time as this, that he has put you here and has equipped you to be in this place. And this is not a thing to be taken lightly, but it's a thing to be stewarded with prayer and humility. You see, a new normal is going to require change and it will require trust and complete obedience. And the narrative of Joshua is a template, it's a map, it's how do we move forward? See, God used Moses and he accomplished his assignment that he was created for. But what's next? If you think in terms of a relay race, the handoff for Moses and Joshua was at Mount Nebo. Um, I alluded earlier that we got to travel and one of the most amazing places that I got to travel 
was in the country of Jordan. And if any of you guys are familiar with uh, Indiana Jones, uh, that's like the, where the great temple is. It's uh, Petra, and I got to go to Petra. But another place in Jordan is this place called Mount Nebo. And it's where Moses stood, and you could look out, it's where Moses stood and he could see the promised land. And that's where he got to preview what was ahead. But his leg of the race was over and Joshua's was about to begin. You see, a new normal requires change and the first step to that is we need to remember, but we need to release. To move forward, we have to let go. And it doesn't mean that what Moses did was bad or wrong. It doesn't mean that we're dishonoring or forgetting Moses. It's to accept the reality of our current circumstances and trust God that he has the provision for what's before us. And we're all familiar with the story. In fact, that's part of the DNA here in Oregon. We're familiar with the story of Lewis and Clark who found their promised land. But they had to embrace change as well. You see, they were counting on a Northwest Passage, a direct water route from the Mississippi River to the Pacific Ocean. And just like Moses stood on Mount Nebo, Meriwether Lewis stood on the Continental Divide. And instead of seeing a clear waterway path that would flow west to the Pacific, all he saw were those Rocky Mountains. Historical geographer John Logan Allen described it this way, when his geography of hope turned into a geography of reality. For the children of Israel, it was Moses is dead. For Lewis and Clark, it was the Rocky Mountains are ahead. Everything for both the Israelites and the explorers had to change. The Israelites had to let Moses go and embrace Joshua. Lewis and Clark had to trade their canoes for horses. And in my spirit, I sense Portland Christian Center is in a season of transition and change. The promised land is out there. It's before us and it's within reach, but we have the Rocky Mountains seeming to be in the way. And with this new reality comes all the emotions and challenges of change. So we're going to dive into God's word this morning into the book of Joshua and see what God has to say. Our text begins in Joshua 3, 7, and it says this, the Lord told Joshua, today I will make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I am with Moses. And so the baton was passed. You see, Joshua's race and fulfillment of God's plan could only happen if there was complete obedience and trust. God knew that the Israelites needed to see Joshua as the new leader and that God was still among his people and that the promise did not die with Moses. And I pray this morning that the work that was started in 1924 here at Portland Christian Center does not die with us. 
that we as a staff and as a congregation and church family, that we are a significant part of this next thing that God wants to do. And we need to be a united front, that we need to roll up our sleeves together, embrace what lies ahead and what God wants to do. And we can fight it, we can dig in our heels, we could be dragged, or we could choose to jump on this amazing journey together and come out even more united and strong. So a new normal will require change. It will require us to remember, but release. And next, it requires us to rely, not on ourselves, not on the past, but on God. And I have a life verse, and I pray each one of you guys, if you don't have a life verse, ask the Holy Spirit to give you what is your life verse. And basically, it's just this, I have a verse that encapsulates what my life is about or how I think. And this is, this is my life verse. It's in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, rely on him and he will make your path straight. You see, the past was good, but there is more for us ahead. And reading the Bible reminds us of God's faithfulness and that there's more to the story. I love at the end of all of this, regardless of where we're at right now, is Satan is cast out and the kingdom of God triumphs, amen? But there's three C's that can impede this moving forward. There's criticism, there's complaining, and there's comparison. And if you want to stay stale, stationary, and stagnant, you just do those three things, and I guarantee you, you will stay stuck. But if you truly want to possess the land and the future that God has before you, just like in Joshua 1.11 where God instructs Joshua to pass over the Jordan and take possession of the promised land, we need to rely on the process, on God. It says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So even when things look different, like skateboarding to reach kids, we need to be encouragers. We need to be praying for one another. We need to be preferring each other above our own desires. You know, one of the amazing things about the story of Lewis and Clark is they had no idea what they were up against. And they only lost one person uh, in their group, and it was due to a burst appendix. But I believe the reason was because they were a united front. They had a mandate from Thomas Jefferson to see what was beyond, even if it was different than they anticipated. They didn't lose sight of their mission. And this morning, we have been given a mission. We have a mandate. And I don't want the unknown or the obstacles to get in our way. We can't afford to let this happen because it's not just exploring a land or missing out on what's what's out there, but this is a matter of eternities hanging in the balance. And you know what? When I was out on that ATV, I had no choice but to move forward. There was no bailing out. There was no option but to let go of my fear 
my inadequacy, and just to completely trust God. And I'll give you guys a little nugget of how I get through those hard times. I just remember I was on that ETV and I was repeating, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I was just saying that the whole time. And you know what? That experience, if I could go through that experience as hard as it was and even with the PTSD because it was worth it because if I can do that, bring it on. I can do anything. And guys, we need to redeem this hard season. This has been a hard season, but it's taught us many lessons. It's taught us how fragile we are, but also how resilient we are, how human we are, and yet how faithful God is. And the lesson in all of this is to just keep moving forward and that God is with us. God's with you. And don't give up. Don't stay stuck. We can trust him. He is the only one that we can rely on. So we need to remember but release, to rely, and next we need to remain. We need to stay focused. We need to remain on the goal, to, on the big picture, the ultimate goal. And I love when Paul was speaking to the Philippians and it's, it's the way it's phrased in the message version says this. I'm not saying that I have it all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has wondrously reached out to me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, and I am running, and I am not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything that God has for us. If any of you have something in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You will see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's remain. Let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those running the same course, headed for the same goal. Guys, let's stay on this path. His word, his spirit, and we need to remain committed to him. And finally, a new normal will require change. It will require us to remember about release, to rely, to remain. And I believe this is the most important thing of all, that we need to renew. Moses died. Joshua appointed the new leader and he was taking the children of Israel into new territory. And there were obstacles, but that didn't stop him. And the priests were carrying the Ark of the Lord and they were moving forward towards the Jordan River and it was overflowing. But as soon as the priests touched the Jordan River with their feet, it split and it became dry and the people of God were able to cross into the town of Jericho, that same city that Moses saw from Mount Nebo. Joshua 4, 4 through 7 says this, so Joshua called together the 12 priests he had chosen, each from the tribes of Israel. He said, go into the middle of the Jordan in the front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up a stone 
and carry it out on your shoulder. I don't think it was a stone. I think it was a huge boulder if they had to carry it on their shoulders. 12 stones in all, one for the, each of the tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing, then the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. The purpose of a memorial is to preserve a memory, not just to look back, but so that future generations can find their way forward. God has brought us thus far. He has been faithful. He's kept his promise. And I want my own children to know and experience what he's done, but also that there's more ahead. And if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we can fully trust and we can completely obey. Do you guys see this canoe up here? It was the only way that they thought was to go out west, but it only got them so far. And these canoes were useful. They probably paid a lot of money for it. They probably uh, trained and had special people on the team that knew how to manage these canoes. They were life-giving and life-saving. But at one point, they had to give them up. They had to trade them for horses that would take them across the Rocky Mountains and ultimately the Pacific Ocean. I think that was probably a hard decision because that canoe was all that they knew. That was what they were provided with. That is all that they thought that they were equipped for. Many of the team probably didn't know how to ride a horse and they had to rely on people who didn't speak their language or whose culture they didn't understand. And it probably took a lot of humility. But it isn't about canoes versus horses. It was about the mission whatever it takes to move forward. I love what John Bunyan in the Pilgrim's Progress said. He says, to go back to nothing, to go back is nothing but death. To go forward is fear of death and life everlasting beyond it. I will yet go forward. And this morning, sometimes I have to admit I feel stuck <laughs> in my canoe. It feels good. I, I know how it works. I know how to manage an oar. But what did Jesus say to Peter on the boat? He said, Peter, get out of your boat. And today I believe that God is telling us to get out of our canoes and to trade our canoes for some horses. Amen? And we may get a little saddle sore, we may get a little bumpy and, and feel trepidatious, kind of like I think that ATV, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, my friend Chris, who let me borrow this, she was telling me about how horses think. In fact, you have to mount from the left side because they have a left and right side brain. There's like a whole thing about horses. But you know who, the, who our 
who are uh, who the horse represents is that is the Holy Spirit. That we need to trade our kumbayas for the Holy Spirit. That God is ahead of us, and that He has given us everything that we need for this next thing, if we just trust and obey Him. And that's why we're pants today. <laughs> And so this is where the renew comes in. And some of you guys got a rock. You can't throw it at me yet until I'm done. But (laughs) this rock represents the faithfulness of God. The story, how he saved you, how he's delivered you, how he's redeemed you, how he took you out of ugly situations, how He protected your life. And it's because of His faithfulness that you're sitting here in this audience and hearing the sound of my voice. This rock, just like our passage in Joshua, is to preserve that memory. But as we close in worship this morning, I'm gonna ask you to take this memorial rock and set it down at the altar. And it serves as a reminder of everything that God has done and everything that has happened, but also by letting that rock go, that He can do a new thing and take us to new places. And I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing this morning, and I want you to get your heart readied for this, is when you set your rock down, I just want you to find a place to worship, whether it's back at your seat or up here at the altar, and ask God to renew you, to give you a fresh touch of His Holy Spirit. You know, in in, uh, the New Testament, it talks about the Holy Spirit being new wine. And what happens when you put new wine into old wineskins? They burst, right? And God wants to do a new thing. And for that new thing to happen, it means that we have to be renewed because God's gonna pour out His Spirit no matter what, but I wanna be a part of what God is gonna do next here. And so I want you to ask God, I just need a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit. And you know what? I believe in revival. I believe in moves of God. I believe in great awakenings. And I'm just gonna prophetically speak that I believe that we are on the cusp of a great spiritual renewal. And I wanna be a part of that. I don't wanna miss out on what's ahead. I wanna be on team Lewis and Clark. I wanna be on team Joshua. I wanna be on team Holy Spirit, amen? And I'm gonna warn you, it's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna be messy. It's not gonna look like it did before, but I'll take the mess of the move of God over the mess of this world any day. So this morning, I'm gonna get out of my comfort zone and my canoe, and I'm gonna be obedient to what God has prompted me to do at the end of this service. And it's a risk because some people might not respond and how this service ends may not be what I want to happen. But the Lord compelled me to challenge you 
to get out of our boats, trade in our canoes and get on our horses and seeing where God wants to take us. So as the music begins, I want you to listen to the words of His faithfulness, His promise. And then as the song builds, it speaks of Him moving mountains. How many guys need some mountains moved this morning? And I believe what He will do, just like He parted the Red Sea and just like Joshua and the priests went across the Jordan, that He can do it again. So as we worship, and you feel prompted, come down, lay your rock at the altar, lift up your hands for a fresh touch of Him in your life. Would you sing this with me? Your promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your this is my confidence You never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands But this is my confidence You never failed me your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You've never failed me yet Oh, you've never failed Just speaking the words uncomfortable and different and our uh, 
prophet in the house, Peter, has a word that he would just like to share to our church this morning before we dismiss. The Lord said to me during worship, and it's carried all the way through, we're looking ahead. But Jesus is with us, and what he said was this, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for healing, for wholeness, for salvation, for a whole church. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for we will be filled. Amen. Take that. Amen. Thank you, Peter. This morning, I'm going to ask the worship team just to stay up here a little longer. And if you just need some mountains moved, if you need somebody to partner with you in prayer, or if you just want a fresh touch, a renewal from the Holy Spirit, we're just gonna give you that opportunity. And for the rest of you guys, I just wanna remind you that if God is for us, who can be against us? Be blessed. Thank you guys. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us for our live streams at the 9 or 11 a.m. at live.pcctoday.com. Thank you.